Alright, this is the uh, Unstudy Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Mr. Smith, and I'm here with... Oh, say my name. Oh, Fatu. And Tolu. Oh, yeah. We just listened to one of Tolu's uh, first podcasts. And who, who was you on the podcast with? Sam. Sammy. And you both got, both of y'all are seniors? Yeah, we're both seniors. And, and tell the people what you're going to do after high school is over. After high school, I plan on attending IUPUI in Indianapolis, and then I plan on majoring in biology, where I can then go to medical school and work on becoming an anesthesiologist. Oh, and Fatu, what you what you plan on doing after school, high, high um, school? I don't know what college I'll go to yet, but I'm also majoring in biology, and then after that, I'm going to go to med school and then do my residency and then become a OBGYN or a gynecologist. Okay. Uh, what did you think of his podcast with Sammy? I thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> I thought it would probably appeal to male audience more, but it was it was very funny. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It yeah. definitely would appeal to a male audience. Very it was famous. very comedic and yeah. full of energy and stuff that people are talking about today. So I liked it, too. All right, let's go backwards. Back to when I first started talking to you guys about men and women. When I initially asked questions about men needing women, did you think I was attacking women? Did you think that I hated women? What was your initial thoughts? Oh yeah, initially, like I thought you were saying like we couldn't live without y'all. Like we were just not smart enough. We weren't efficient enough. Like we only survived because of y'all existence. So that's how I felt. Well, how do you feel now? Now I feel like you're just trying to get at the point that we need each other and that in order to survive, like, we benefit from both ends and that we can't just survive with ourselves and that's not a bad thing necessarily. What do you think? Do you agree with her about how you think of what I'm trying to do? Yeah. Because you asked if women needed men, right? Yep. So from Fox's perspective, like, from from your first perspective, from your first from what you thought, first thought about it, right. I can I can see where you came from, right. right? Saying that you think that he thinks that women can't live without men, and right. that they're pretty much useless without men. Right. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but then again, you know, it's the same way, vice versa. Like men, like we need women too. Mm-hmm. So now that now that you say that we need each other, mm-hmm. like, and you understand that. It's good that you understand that now. Yeah, and I think that's going to, I think that concept will benefit you guys as you grow up, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And um, again, all of these conversations stem from us reading their eyes are watching God and me thinking about the color purple and how black men are depicted in film and on television shows. And it's usually as drug dealers, as um, people that beat women, that don't care about women, that are misogynistic, and couple that with the fact that men do abuse women. And what we get is women saying, well, we don't need these black men. They're no good. But that ignores all of the good black men that do exist. Right. What, do, what do you think about that? I agree. I mean, like, at first, before you pointed it out, like, I didn't really think much of it. Like, when I was watching guys or watching God, that, like, when you brought up tea cake and how when he took her money, I never saw that stealing. I didn't see him as a bum. Like, I thought they were genuinely in love. And, like, he got more money. Like, what's the problem? I didn't realize he disappeared for two days, stole her money, didn't tell her where he was. Like, she should have left him. But, like, I didn't see it that way. 
I just saw it as like men being abusive, but I didn't realize that it was just black men. And that's how it slowly makes you just start to believe that all black men are like that. Because in books, a lot, and I was thinking about movies like this too. And a lot of like black movies, like a lot of the Tyler Perry movies, like the men are like crazy. the worst. They're, they're terrible yeah, people. Yes. But like, White people movies are always the ones that come out during the holiday and they're real feel good. And it's mm-hmm. like some little white girl getting married and her father's like, no, I don't yeah. like your Oh, yeah. Well, like, let's talk about the white men in those Christmas movies because right. I've seen them too. My right. wife watches them too. Right. How are these white men depicted? What type of lives do they live and how do they right. treat the women in these Christmas movies? Good. It's always like a romance. Like there's some mm-hmm. type of romance in it. Um, some girl falling for some dude. Um, what kind of job does he have? Does he have a job? Yes, always. What most kind of, of job? Low-end janitor? No. Like, they're, they're working, working. Most of the time, it's like a rich white man. Most of the mm. time, it'll be the girl that's like, you know, I'm a college intern, not doing much. You know, he sweeps <laughs> her off her feet. Mm. You know, it's it's going. At the end, there's a proposal, huge wedding, something big, romantic, real feel good. Yes. But it's a lot of black women are not feel good, like, at all. Some women end up leaving her husband. It's like the feel good is like the woman realizing that she doesn't need Me, her man. Th- say, say it again. Please say that part again. The feel good at the end of the movie is the woman realizing she doesn't need her man. And That's what happens at the end, my bad, we'll come, what happens at the end of Their Eyes Are Watching God? She realizes she doesn't need men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, what was um, you going to say? Oh, you forgot. It's all good. Um, okay. Well, I want to. I want to. I was listening to somebody talk a, a black public figure, and he said that uh, he doesn't care about what Kevin Samuel says. That a lot of what Kevin Samuel says is is wrong. That we should not be talking negative about black females. That uh, we pretty much should blame single parenthood in a way that our young men are raised on black men not stepping up to help those single mothers that are struggling with their kids. Mm-hmm. How? What do you think about that? That we shouldn't say anything about uh, black women and how they raise mm-hmm. kids. And instead, we should blame all of this on black men in the community refusing to step up to help the single mothers in this community. That's not fair. Okay, why do you thank you? Because See, I'm not coaching her. No. What, why do you say that's not fair? Especially when we were talking about, like, abortion. This is when I started really, like, opening up my mind and, like, thinking more. And I was talking about how there's a lot of external factors. It was after, I told you, when Sean had came and was, like, black men, like, off the bat. Off the like, bat. Oh, so, like, so for those who haven't seen heard this episode, I asked the black females about abortion and why they think that black women are having abortions at a higher rate than any other race and the first person i asked was a black male and automatically his first answer was well we got to blame the the black men or the black fathers in the community Mm -hmm. so go ahead finish but like there's so many more external factors that like no one thinks about they just pin it on a person so they can have something to blame and i feel like it's the same thing with raising children because yes there's a lot of single mothers but these single mothers sometimes not letting the father see their kid they're extremely abusive towards their kids because of whatever grudge they have against their father or just because they want to. It's it's not like it's balanced on one end and unbalanced on the other. Like the scale is just thrown off completely. So I don't feel like it's fair to look at one person and be like, This is your fault when there's so many things that play yeah, into and it. And I I would add, okay, let's say you got something before you forget? Go ahead. No, okay. Um Isn't it true that a lot of black females want to be these independent 
women who say they don't need a man, right? Yeah. So if I don't know you, mm-hmm. do you think the chances are good that you would allow me as a black man to come help you raise a child? No. I look at you like you're crazy. Like, why are you trying to help me? A lot of women will not take that. Like, even if you offer the hand, they're not going to take it. So it's a ridiculous notion that we can blame mm-hmm. black all black men on the single on, on not being able to help raise the single children yeah. in the community. Because yeah. we... Do we even, if you was to compare the black community in America with the black community in Senegal, where you're from, Mm -hmm. would would African American, the African American community look like the Senegal community? Not at all. Not at all. No. What would be some differences? Uh, Like the Senegal community, there's very tight knit, very tight. Like you're never just like at your house just chilling. No, you spend the entire day at your grandma's house and so do the other aunts and uncles and your cousins. You spend the entire day together. You're at your neighbor's house. You're at that neighbor's house. The neighbors know each other? Neighbors know each other like family. Neighbors are family. Like everyone on that street, they know each other. You can go to the next street, they know each other. Like people consider themselves extremely close to each other. They don't. There's no reason, like, to um, think about, like, backstabbing or none of that. Like, they consider each other. Real family. A real yeah, community. Real community. Like, if you can't take care of your kid, I promise you the lady next door is going to do it. The lady down the street will do it. Like, your kid, wherever they go, is going to be in good hands. So then it would... what. What Dr. Umar, oh, sorry, what, sorry, now I let it out. It was Dr. Umar who made this comment. Mm-hmm. So the, he's suggesting that we can do something that our community here in America is not built to do, correct? Mm-hmm. If we was in Senegal or in Haiti or somewhere like that, right. then what this person is suggesting would be able to happen, huh? Yeah. But not here. Our communities are just not set up that way yet. That's what we need to move towards, do you think? Don't you I think? I think so, yeah. But right now, we're just not there. No. I don't think so. Did you have something in it? It's like, there's a big separation between, like, men and women, like, like in that situation. Because on one side, you have the women who, who want they, who want, they want their children. And the men also want their children, too. So, on one side, we have the woman that doesn't want the other man to see their kids. Mm-hmm. The man wants to see his kids, but she's not letting him. So from that we can see that it's really not the man's fault or the woman's because in the woman's mind the man is is a bad guy. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And where 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 do you Okay, that go I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Where would this woman get this idea from that the man is the bad guy? Where would she be getting these ideas Society, from? It's really easy to sit up there. Some of the men don't even be bad guys, but especially when they take them to court, it's real easy to sit up there and look at a black man in court and be like, he's a bad guy. Who's going to believe you if he says that he's not? You know, if you exactly. were to take a, a white but man. Where, where, where's, that, where's it coming from? Where's this idea that the black man is the bad guy? Tell, remember, we already spoke about it. That's just how life works. Like, that's what I know, but where, how? How do we come to these ideas? Remember what we first like, talked about? Are you talking about like social media, like entertainment-wise? Yes, social media, movies, uh, movies yeah. TV shows. Yeah. It's Remember, that's what we talked about at first. To make them play that narrative. Correct. Yeah. So when people, that's how we perpetuate these stereotypes. Yeah. It's through the media, whether it's social media or movies, books yeah. that we talked about. Yeah. So that if you are in front of a judge, black or white, they probably already have these images in their mm-hmm. head yeah, of the black true. man being a bad guy too. Yeah. And it's not true. And then again, if you think about from the woman's side, she has a lot of kids, mm-hmm. even from different, from different husbands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't look good in court either. Because they'll blame her now for sleeping around. 
Well, that usually don't how that's not how it works at the court. I think no. the court always no. looks they at the sides. women like yeah. you know, unless there's hard evidence, they're always gonna side with the women. Because you know, women are known to oh, fight yeah. for their kids, want yeah. their best interests of so, you know, in everyone's head a woman wouldn't do anything that's gonna spite her kids and their relationships. And that was my reason for bringing up that's why initially I didn't even bring up race. Remember, I just said yeah. women and men. Because yeah. it, it it's it's we're socialized to think that women are not violent. Yeah. Women, like you said, women want their kids for good and they want to help. So when we have this narrative, then uh, when the woman's not that way, it's hard for us to realize that and to get at the heart of the problem and try to fix it. That doesn't mean someone hates women or right. wants to see the worst happen to a woman because we're pointing out these things. Mm-hmm. Because men have problems that that yeah. we have, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we shouldn't sleep around. We shouldn't abuse women. We shouldn't lie and cheat. I feel like it's just more normalized, though. It, it is. It is. Yeah. It's like, like uh, when we were in class earlier speaking, remember when uh, we were talking about, what exactly were we talking about? I don't know how to say this. When we were talking about how an older woman, it'll look bad. Oh, yes. I see what you're boy, saying. Yeah. But like it's more normalized if an older boy is with a younger girl. Like, that really is something that's normalized. I know you guys are like, but the guy can go to jail for it. Yeah, but it still happens. Like, um, I ain't even gonna say no names. Yeah, yeah. Like, no being here crazy, you know what I'm saying? About to turn 19, currently with a 14 year old. I didn't even know that. That's so normalized. People knew that. It was just something that happened. So many dudes are seniors with freshmen or juniors with freshmen. You're like, Okay, that's normal. It's just two years. And then you start looking at the ages. And it's like, that's not normal. I think it's normalized maybe for you as a child that knows it. But if mm-hmm. if adults hear about a 19-year-old with a 14-year-old and it's a dude that's 19, that dude's going to jail. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm saying you're right in as mm-hmm. far as it's normal for a child to understand this is going on. But if if like, adults literally. know this is happening, right. yeah. it's not it's not going to fly. Do you feel like that's all adults, or you feel like it depends on the adult? Yeah, not all adults, but for most right. adults. Spe- okay, I'll put it to you this way. If the administration or teachers knew that a 19-year-old oh, dude yeah, was with a 14-year-old chick, it's right. not going to fly. But I feel like right. normal, average, everyday adults wouldn't really bat. There's some might like squint or make a face, but I feel like not a lot of people bat their eyes at that. And they, it's always the same rebuttals. Will. My parents are da-da-da-this and da-da-this apart. My parents are da this and this. Is, I know my friends are this year and this year. I don't see the big deal, but it's like. Three, well, that's four, what. Five it, years. Yeah, no, that was the. Remember, that was the argument that I had. I yeah. said once people are out of high school and are in mm-hmm. college or adults in their twenties or thirties, then it doesn't matter. Right. But a nineteen-year-old and a fourteen-year-old, think about it. There's no yeah. teacher in here that would allow that right. to happen. No principal, if they knew it. But but what but what I would say what I was pointing out though if it was flipped, if mm-hmm. it was a a nineteen year old girl with a fourteen year old boy, I don't think people would buy yeah, it. Adults really? would. Yes, no, they wouldn't. They, wow. wouldn't. they wouldn't. She would Especially, be put on blast so bad. You're talking about with her peer group. Okay, but not. Do you by get adults. what I'm saying? But okay. but most adult males and females mm-hmm. will not think something's wrong with that. They won't view it at, they won't view, for example, if it was a 19-year-old man and a 14-year-old girl, they're, most adults are more willing oh, to say that's statutory yeah. rape. But, but it when it's flipped, yeah. they're not, they won't, they'll just say, you know, he's just a boy being a boy, you know? Yeah. 
Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Because I agree. I agree with you about Mm -hmm. what you were saying as far as her peer group would Mm -hmm. be like, "Yo, what are you doing?" And I, I think too that I think this is a good conversation. Is I think that uh, more children need to uh, go to adults when they know something like that is happening, whether it's yeah. male or female. If it's a nineteen-year-old and a fourteen-year-old, mm-hmm. or eighteen-year-old, or twenty-year, we are the, a twenty-year-old mm-hmm. with a nineteen-year-old. I'm sorry, twenty-year-old with a fourteen or fifteen-year-old. Yeah. I think more children need to yeah, to just, voice this to adults. Real, yeah. Because, oh, yeah, because that's what we ended up talking about was manipulation. Mm-hmm. Manipulation, yeah, yeah. A lot of children don't understand manipulation. So, yeah. What were you saying about that before? Uh, I was just saying, like, especially a lot with these younger girls and, like, older dudes, they're literally with you because they understand they can manipulate you. Like, you can't see it. A lot of them don't notice it. They think they're genuine and they're there for the right reasons, especially they, oh, we've been together a year. You know, we're real. And it's like, no, it's he would be with somebody in his own age group if it was real. You're just... Easy to mess with, like it's manipulation through and through. It is, and uh, what I related it to was um, uh, the Great Gatsby, Mm -hmm. because a lot of children read the Great Gatsby and they don't see the manipulation that uh, Jay Gatsby was doing on almost every character. I mean, he moved uh, to a specific neighborhood in a specific house to be by a specific woman, and then he made it so that uh, Nick Carraway could live next door who was the cousin to the chick uh-huh. that he wanted to get yeah. close to remember yeah. all of this is manipulation yeah. so that so that nick could introduce gatsby to his cousin mm-hmm. daisy yeah. this is all manipulation like that out through, yes through. but uh, but everybody ends up feeling sorry for jay gatsby and they mm-hmm. don't see that he's a bad guy he's a he's a bad guy yeah, yeah. Did, did you get that when you were reading it or just now when I was talking about just it? Just now. Does it make sense, though? Yeah, it does. Like, none of this was coincidences. Yeah. It was, because think about it, he was super rich. So he made all of this happen. That's crazy. I didn't even see it when I read it either. I know. It, it took me a minute, too. I was like, he's right. Like, no, I didn't see it at all. Yeah. It was the same wow. thing with, like, T-Cake and Janie. When you said that, that see? blew my world. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. With T-Cake terrible. and Janie. So remember, when they first met, did you read their eyes of watching God? No. Okay, so dude pulls up until this this uh, uh, a store that this fine chick was at, right? And she was like, yo, what you doing here? The, uh, it's a baseball game going on, remember? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I forgot that the baseball game was in another city. That's what he said, remember? I, it was in a, I forgot it was in another town. Um, and uh, he was like, uh, she, oh no, then she was like, she he, he had said her name and she was like, well, it ain't fair that, uh, I don't know your name. And he was like, well, everybody knows Mrs. Starks. So that's where the manipulation starts. He he yeah, knew he where knew. the baseball game. He yeah. knew she would be isolated and alone. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does that make I sense? Didn't even see that Dang. It was all manipulation too. Wow. Beginning. I thought he was such when Janie first went tea cake, I was like, this is gonna be so good for her. I'm so happy for Janie. <laughs> no, I was so happy for Janie. And like it wasn't until like they started like showing like the obvious, obvious signs. I was like, oh, oh, like I was so sad. Yeah, but like he was messed up from the beginning. From the beginning. Oh, that's terrible. It wow. is. That's messed up. Yeah. So yeah, so he played this game, got her. He did things for her that he knew that she was never able to do. Yeah. Um, she wasn't able to play like checkers. Mm-hmm. So that's like the first thing that they do is play checkers. 
and built this relationship. And then it, he was like, you want to go midnight fishing? Remember they go midnight fishing? Yeah. And then they were t- the town didn't want her because they to be with him because yeah. they saw him with multiple women and they were like yeah. he's not somebody you Plus should. Plus he mess didn't with. have much and she and had he, a name on her exactly, yeah. which was also unfortunate that she left everything she had to go with TK because he showed her I can love you different than it is like I don't need the money. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh no! Once he took her down to the swamp, I was like, yes. I don't know where this is going. Did things get better? So the, the thing I like to tell people is remember they start off at in, towards the middle, upper mm-hmm. middle Florida and Orlando. Then they go down. That's symbolic to like things are about to go down. And it went horrible. And it went like, horrible, didn't it? Horrible, yeah. T I feel like T Cake started showing his real personality. Correct. Because yeah, what did he start like, doing? He was wasn't he messing with some? Girl? Yes, yeah, he started messing he with a chick. Then he started being real disrespectful to Jane. Yep. Then he started beating yeah, her. Then he started beating her. And then he got rabies. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> it went uh, real. He got rabies. Yes, yeah, he, he got, got bit, bit by, by a dog. Because uh, to me, that's symbolic of saying that men are dogs because mm-hmm. he becomes one with the dog when he gets yeah. bit. Yeah. And so quick. I know. It was like, is going on yeah it was terrible terrible uh, terrible uh, but yeah um any last words no no just don't be James. oh i do i forgot oh how did how did you feel about the conversation about african americans versus africans how do you think that uh, went yeah because we didn't get to, i didn't get to finish it personally. oh go ahead finish what you i know because i remember i'm gonna tell her heck well, yeah, i really wanted to hear what she had to say but i didn't get to what did she say anything like important oh you're talking to, about um yeah when, Omotola? yeah when she came over uh, did she say anything different no she didn't say anything different no okay no. um that see y'all have a good day y'all I really did enjoy having it because i feel like it's something no one talks about for like, real no one talks yeah. about it they're just kind of like if you make it a problem, like, you're being weird, you yep. know? But, like, being able to talk about it and, like, say my point of view or, like, what I've experienced, I felt like it was really important. Because I Me feel too. like you guys are seeing it from a different light of, like, where we're coming from. And I also saw, like, where you guys are coming from. And when you brought up, like, all we do is name calling, but you guys really bring us down. I never realized that. Like, yeah. Well, I was trying to highlight the fact that all both... The name calling we both have comes mm-hmm. from white people, white literally, sources, literally. white media, white yeah. stereotypes. And it, it literally made me realize, like, kind of like colorism, like that division within our own community that we didn't even instill. It was kind of the same thing, like we're dividing ourselves yes. off of somebody's yeah. effect, you know? Like, the, what is the point? Like, there's this huge disconnect for no reason. For no reason. You know? Well, for a reason, or well, the, for white people's reason, so that we never people. come together as a but people. But that's terrible, because yet know. again, that's another disconnect that it shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I was, that was a really, I really did enjoy that conversation, because I saw a lot of things from an African-American perspective, which I don't really have, I guess an African-American's perspective that I never saw, like, I wouldn't have thought it was a thing. And then it was when I was talking about how a lot of Africans received white people that I started, like, really like laying on me like when saying it out loud is very different from just knowing it, it was really messed up and i was just like oh i don't like that like at all i know so, i don't either because i want all yeah. of us to come together yeah because we'd be so powerful go ahead you gotta talk about there's like a gray area where there's 
Africans that are born in America. Yes. That are brought up as, you know, kind of like African Americans. Well, talk about that. What what hap- what ends up happening? What's the is there an issue? Uh, there's a huge disconnect there's from your own culture and then from Af- like actual African Americans. Um, cuz you never feel truly black. Um, and you just don't fit in like a lot of things out of black culture that I feel like I should know like Movies, songs, dances, I don't. Oh. But then a lot of things that are also my own culture, You don't, I don't know that know either. Because you're not here. In, on not the continent no more. Yeah. Mm. Language is a huge disconnect. Because um, I understand and I can speak it base level. But I can't get into it, get into it with the whole conversation. So that's a disconnect. So if I go over there, I feel like an outsider. Mm. When I'm over here, you I feel, feel like, like an outsider. outsider. There's like nowhere where I <laughs> belong all the way. Wow. What about you? I was born in Nigeria. Okay. But my cousins, most of my cousins were born here. So there's there's really, because I'm more uh, African, like I know more African stuff than they do. Okay. So, so we're not, re- we don't really like, we don't click too much like mm. that. But there's one thing that we do click with, and that was soccer. So that was the only, thing that, that was okay. the only thing that we had in common, and we worked on that. But what about how you connect with African Americans? With African Americans, <laughs> I think. About two, I'm gonna say this right now. I'm about to cut. I dropped our last. Oh, we got a podcast. We got to just give you a second. You're good. You done? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So go ahead. Tell me about the African American connection. Okay. So I came here at a young age, like five, six, six. So. At first, at first, I wasn't able to connect with anybody. But, you know, as a young child, you're able to adapt and grow. So seeing how other people acted and, like, how African-Americans African Americans acted, you know, how they talked to people, how they interacted with people, seeing that, you know, it helps you, like, see, like, how to act. Now, now that you're in a different place, you're in a completely different place. Oh, yeah, and yeah. so now that you see this new things that you have, you have to learn, as a child, you have to learn these things. Because as an adult, you're not really thinking about changing yourself yeah. like that. Right. But as a child, you see something, you want to do it. That was another thing. Another thing a lot of foreign children that a lot of people don't have to do, they don't come here and, like, learn or change. They mimic behavior. They, yeah. When I was in elementary school, I realized that was something that I had to do very early on. Because the way I am at home is not the way I could go to school. And that's yeah. what my sister was telling me as well, because she was born in Senegal. So when she came over here, like, kids would speak English time, she... What are you saying to me? So she was like mm. hitting kids. She didn't know what they were doing. She was very, she didn't like it at all. That was like her first time. That was time probably really person. hard. Yeah, the first time she saw a white person, she like ran away. She was like, what is that? She yeah. was very confused. Then she realized that she didn't start mimicking behavior. It wasn't going to work. So she started mimicking, but she mimicked the behavior intensely. And so she was able to like merge completely. I was born here, so I didn't feel like I needed to do that. But it was probably went third grade when I really started realizing the disconnect. Like I just didn't behave like the other children. I didn't get the jokes. I just wasn't custom. So I just started copying behavior. And that's when I started to notice like it was like a conformity thing. It's better to conform than be different. And it wasn't until you actually get older and start being comfortable within your own skin that you're like, I can be different. That's okay. But a lot of foreign children. Sorry. If I'm not used to real quick. But like it's the same thing with a lot of foreign children. They really do feel like just copying in it, just copying it and like going, like you should see them at home. It's completely different people. Yeah. They go to school and they just act like what they see and they go home. It's completely different. They never do change. So what do you know about, I think it's called code switching. Yeah. Like yeah. That? That's what yeah, you're describing. Switching. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Because how you act, how I act in front of like my parents and my church, because they're all African. So how I act around them is different. How I act at school, because it's all African American and white people. And then how I act at work, which is a whole bunch of white people, is different from that too. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So it's like it's really hard to like keep keep yeah. yourself together doing that. Hold on. All right, what was you saying about code switching, man? That's got to be hard. Yeah. So, so sometimes you can slip up. Like sometimes I might act at school, how I act at church, and then like my accent will come out because my voice. Some sometimes my accent will thicken because I can actually do it because I can switch to any to any team. And then because that's how I talk at church, I, I put myself in a little, with a little bit of accent. And then at work, I talk like a white person. What is it? I talk more properly at work. Oh. All right. At church, you talk differently? Yeah. Is it an African Christian church? It's an African Christian church. Okay. So, yeah. So all, all I'm saying is that in order to assimilate inside of like, the, like everywhere you go, you have to change yourself. You yeah. have to continuously change yourself to fit in yeah. as a as a different person. Hold on. All right. Shut up. I'm not done. Okay. What about you, Cole? Switching. What did you finish? Um, that's another thing that I was gonna say. Cause before you had unpause, he asked me, "Is there times like where I can like thicken my accent and thin it out?" And the problem was, I didn't have one. That was the whole problem. So, like when I went to Senegal, it was a really big problem. Like they laugh. You know what they do? They laugh at you. Like yes, they treat you like you're yes. different. You're not the same as them. That's they always issue. view as more American than. African, then that's when I, I learned Wolof completely while I was actually, say, for two months. And especially having parents who both have thick accents, if I talk too fast, I, it sounds exactly like my mom. Like, I just okay. start, the words start sounding real different. It starts slurring a little bit. I start trying to make sure, like, try to speak very clearly. Okay. The same thing with my sisters. My older one sometimes actually has a little accent that comes out a little bit. And it don't bother me at all, but... It's like, it is weird because sometimes when you need to now, when I need to, I'm old enough that I can talk fluently and wall up and make it sound proper. But like, I had to force that because you're not seeing us the same. That's kind of another form of code switching because they know Amer- like English is my first language. Y'all should have just let it be what it was, but it's not acceptable. But like you come over here, it wouldn't have been acceptable if I had an accent over here trying to speak English. So, okay. And again, going back to the disconnect between Africans and African-Americans, like Africans like that, that live in Africa, yeah. Like, if you come from America, they're not going to treat you right at all. At all. You said what? Say it again. If you come from America, they're not, or like, from a foreign country, like, a different, like... And go where? And go to Africa, like, a country in Africa. They're going to treat you, like, they're not going to treat you right. Oh, they don't treat you right. So y'all go back, they don't treat y'all right. No. No. It's only because, like, we're there with our parents. Oh. That they, like, they know you. You're okay now. They know, like, oh, it's their American trip. But, like, I have cousins on my dad's side. They don't speak to me. I do not know any of my cousins on my dad's side because you need them, and they're like Americans or like they they Dang. say it. they're like some American girls. They try to walk like us. We don't act no different. 
but they think we're just stuck up and pretentious. Because you're so, from America. Because I'm from America. Like, they think we have it so good, and then we go over there and try to act like yeah. it's nothing. And, like, no one's doing that. They just did not want to take the But what if I would go, what if an African-American goes over there? How would I be treated? It'd be different same, since I don't have no... Since you can't understand them, uh-huh. like, they're going to talk crazy. For real? Crazy. Talk and they're going <laughs> to, anything they sell, they're going to raise the prices on it. They're going to try to con you real bad. Uh, police do stop people that they know aren't from there. They'll try uh-huh. to, I'll let you go right now $50 like they'll they try to play you they'll hold they your bags and customs and be like yeah we'll get out of customs $50 Dang. they're not doing that to somebody that's from there no. so yeah okay. yeah don't try to don't <laughs> yeah. try to play you real bad yeah they, they that's why works. you go you either go to a resort or you go with somebody that's from there because wow. I wouldn't go alone no so what about when Africans come here is there anything that African Americans do to Africans when they come here yeah. What? What's some stuff that, that we do? Yeah, it's real bad. Uh, what's the thing called? In middle school, there was this boy. He was, uh, like, it was like a couple days just being here. His accent real thick, but he could speak English. He was like, um, you know, those countries, there's a lot of African countries where their language is English. So he spoke English, but the accent was like ridiculously thick. Oh, here's um, another thing. With the English mm-hmm. in Africa, it's usually British English. Oh, then, it's not it's, American English. It's not English. American English. American English is way different from any other English in the world. It really is. It is so, it's actually dumb, to be honest. It's yeah. more dumb Because they were colonized by the British. Yeah. So that's like their, if they do have a traditional language, oh, yeah, that's the right. second will that's be English. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. British English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, no, he came here and uh-huh. it was bad. Like just calling him musty. He never stunk. I sat next to Matt, he never stunk. Calling him musty every chance they get. Bringing deodorant sticks up to him and being like, you need this? Oh, you're talking about a, a child that just came from Africa mm-hmm. was getting treated Adults? that way. See, I was raised different. I used to fight them. Okay, I was raised different. Oh, that, I used to, don't tell, don't tell, remember yeah. elementary? See, I like used to fight all the time. They bullied a candlelight. Real bad. Bro. A candlelight? Yeah, no, they bullied a candlelight super bad. Really bad. But it's the same with the dog. Oh, no, that's my boy. Yeah, they bullied him really bad. That's what she was telling me. And one thing I noticed, he started trying to conform real bad. Like, listening to nothing but, like, Rap music. He, he started like, trying to talk in like yeah. a thug type tone. Started yeah. sagging his pants. Then they started bullying him for that. Yeah, so yeah, then he just became quiet. Like he just stopped talking to people. He just disconnected. Just went about his business. Now his friends are his friends, but he doesn't go out of his way to speak to people no more. And it's the same thing with adults. I know there's a lot of people, they come here with like high hopes and like this real big dream that like it's going to be great. And then they just become secluded, like recluses. Like they don't want to talk to people. They don't want to meet people. Their idea of every single American person, especially black people, is just skewed. Like there's no hope for them in their eyes. Wow. They don't so we really home. need some type of black or or black or call it African community yeah. cultural center yeah. where we can come together because yeah. this is Because the disconnect is huge. huge. It's really bad. Yeah, this is horrible. Yeah. She sent you a doctor. Like, especially if you were to talk to, like, an older African, like, woman or man and, like, really see how they see it. There ain't no hope. It's like the change really is going to come from like the younger generations a lot, especially with a lot of us being born here. But yet again, there's another disconnect because a lot of African children are born here and they feel like they got to choose to be African or they got to be black. Yeah, I'm A lot of them drop their African, like they start changing their names to initials or they start changing their names to like Americanized names. But like my mom was very big because my little sister's name is a nickname. Her name is not Jaina. But she was very big on trying to get me to have a nickname. And I was like, I'm fine with Fatu. Like, that is fine. If people can't get it right, 
that's them. But my name is Vatu. They're going to have to deal with that. Still doesn't understand why I did it. I know why I chose to. Because that's my name. Right. I don't need to make it easier for you to say it's five letters. But, like, a lot of kids are very big on, like, oh, that's not my name. My name is, like, JP. No, your name has, like, nine letters in it. And that's fine. Let people say that that's your name. Or, like, no, I'm not from Africa. That's my parents. Like, I came here and I was one. I don't claim that. You know? Never yeah. try to learn the language. They don't eat the food. It's oh, you know, like, they just don't like, claim like, it. Come on now. The food is way better than American food. <laughs> like, they just claim, like, first of all, that every other food culturally, like, uh-huh. around the world is better than American food. No, it's different. <laughs> it's like, tasty. for real. Yeah, like, today is, uh, it's Aid. And, like, I know my mom's cooking. Oh, it is. Uh-huh. It is, yeah, it's Aid. Can you, so. can you bring me some one day? Can Wait, you bring what? me something next week? Yeah. Oh, because you're not being here tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I probably can bring something Monday. Because it's not like it's going to go bad now. You know, like, okay. like, you're like trying to slide a plate for me, too. Uh-oh, not the two plates. Not the three plates. I have to bring the Tupperware. Not the three plates. The three plates. Bring the Tupperware. Maybe I can do that. Uh, maybe I should implement that in my class. Maybe we have a day where people bring in their cultural, their oh, cultural we should. foods. We, should. Probably, we only got oh. like nine days left. I got to tell you something. Yeah. There is, I need to pause it or no? No. Uh, there is a... Uh, actually, it's for students, right? Yeah. This is perfect. There is a club for Africans. It's a, called African Students Association. Uh, it's it's headed by Mr. Austin. He's the... Yeah, because he teaches African uh, yeah, history or something. He's in G108, just if people want to check that if you're African. So... At the end of the year, usually, because because of COVID, we weren't able to do it. There's a ASA night where students come in, where African students, the people in the association, right, come in and perform. Because it's recording, it's gonna pick oh. up all them loud noises. Are <laughs> no, you good? So they just come in. They have dances and they have like events and stuff. Oh. And they bring food. We bring food and stuff too. So, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, see, they so, didn't tell me about it till this year. I didn't. Tell I never you. knew, and I know yeah. I, I'm friends with Mr. Austin. Yeah, I never I knew y'all did that till sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So they they need to get out there. I told them. Yeah. This year we we're supposed to do like a whole bunch of stuff, and last year, but COVID. Yeah. So this year, I mean, next year, I hope that the next, the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, we'll class, make it big next year. Yeah. As we should, because yeah. they, even though there's not that many of them, they're put together. Like, they have a whole present. They plan things around each other. They learn each other's cultures. Because I've always wondered, like, how are they so close? And I found out they had a club. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, that That's makes why sense. that makes sense. Yeah. But, like, when you see, like, how close it makes them, it just makes sense that, like. Well, that's why I said, remember, yeah. last time I was like, we need our own African community center, yeah. a cultural center, whatever we want to yeah, call it. stuff like that. So adults know? and kids interact together. Yeah. Cause you're gonna need, especially when y'all go to med school, y'all ain't gonna see a lot of y'all. Yeah, so you need to know people. <laughs> exactly, you know? especially when you become adults, especially mm-hmm. as men. I know women, y'all gonna do y'all's thing, yeah. but men, we usually don't come together and talk and talk about our issues. It, it more turns into how many females you've been with. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's not really helpful mentally, and mm-hmm. so it doesn't help our community when that's all that we talk about is sports and you know who you've been with. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's other things that go on in our lives. And that's so crazy because that's another thing about the African community I notice is very different from here. When people need help, they'll reach out. Like, if they are, like, short on a bill or something like that, they'll be like, I'm down bad. You know, like, it's mm-hmm. like if you're cool with them, you know, like, you're just not going to a random stranger. But, like, even some people are comfortable going to their neighbor, like, 
you know? but, but being here now, you understand but why African Americans? Well, why why yeah. wouldn't African American or any American do that? Why wouldn't they do that? Isn't it seen as like disrespectful, like a handout? Yes. Like you wouldn't take that from anybody. Like they're pitying you. Yes. Hold on. Let me stop this and start another one.